Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Um, hello, and welcome to the State of the Economy podcast by Business Line. Here we discuss the real estate trends and outlook for the year, as well as for the months ahead. We have with us Mr. Dhruv Agarwala, the CEO of Housing.com. and also prop tiger and makan hello and welcome to the podcast tagarwala thanks abhishek uh, really appreciated and very excited to be on this so let us start with a very basic question what does the outlook hold for home buyers so far we are almost i think if i take a fiscal year 6 months down the line how are the trends go with it and if i take a year it's 9 months down the line what has been the trends and outlook so abhishek if we look at what sort of expected ahead we are uh, in the middle of uh, the festive season and the festive season in india typically is a period where uh, people uh, spend money on items which they otherwise normally wouldn't buy through the year be it consumer durables uh, be it uh, automobiles be it uh, two wheelers homes as well so this is a, this is a period of uh, you know high demand for multiple product categories Uh, and as i said housing is uh, is no exception so we do expect the next uh, few months of the calendar year to be very strong uh, and robust in terms of housing demand this is also a period when uh, developers do incentivize home buyers uh, with many exciting offers to prompt uh, fence sitters to actually make the purchase decision again if you look at the policy uh, regime the rbi has again maintained status quo on interest rates uh, which provides a very stable home loan uh, interest rate environment which also encourages uh, people to go out uh, and buy homes so my expectation is that uh, the next 3 to 6 months will see continued uh, robust demand for uh, for homes uh, getting back to your second part wow. of the question in terms of how demand has been uh, over the year uh, the, uh, over the year gone by again uh, it's been very strong demand despite multiple rate hikes demand for uh, residential real estate has been strong uh, and i would uh, attribute that uh, to pent up demand from covid times we've seen the market grow year on year for the last couple of years post covid so that's pent up demand plus consumer confidence uh, is very high as well the real estate regulatory act has uh, done a, a fantastic job in bringing back that uh, loss in consumer confidence that we had seen several years ago again people's attitude towards home ownership post covid has changed people want larger homes because hybrid work is here to stay in my opinion people also are looking at homes in uh, their hometowns in tier 2 cities so again there are several factors which have driven uh, demand for uh, residential real estate in this year and which uh, uh, is expected to continue to drive uh, demand for real estate uh, going forward it's an interesting point sir that you mentioned about tier 2 towns emerging and people going back to the hometown i'll just get back to that but before uh, moving into the tier 2 part of my question possible to run us through some numbers on what on the demand outlook unsold units sold units yes look it's it's hard to uh, you know project what that exact number would be in terms of growth but even if i just look back to share uh, some data for you which is indicative of what's happening in the market uh, for example uh, 
you know, we have around 12 listed companies in, in residential uh, real estate. They have uh, reported a 43% year-on-year hike in, in sales. That's one big data point. Uh, our own numbers, which Prop Tiger releases, we haven't released the numbers for uh, the quarter ended September, but for the quarter ended uh, June of this calendar year, uh, we saw uh, the residential unit sales go up by 8% and supply go up by 11% year on year. So all the data points which we've seen uh, through the year, which has gone by, uh, suggests continued momentum in demand. And we've been seeing this year-on-year growth uh, over the past two years, as I mentioned. So going back to the tier two point that you mentioned uh, in the first part of the question, in the first question, actually. So which are these towns which you see emerging right now? I mean, it's, it's definitely not going to be all tier two towns. It must be close proximity to bigger cities. Like, let's say, I, I don't know how to put it, but I, I ho- I'm just trying to get a drift of sure. the demand there. Sure. So look, uh, uh, you know, uh, as I always say, whenever there is strong demand in tier one cities, there is a spillover effect uh, in tier two cities as well, because there is general positivity uh, around purchasing homes. This has been one uh, situation or one particular time where we've seen uh, demand across multiple tier tier two cities going up. Uh, So for example, uh, I would say Lucknow, Jaipur, Indore, have emerged as uh, some prime locations for prospective uh, home buyers. Uh, we're also seeing demand and, and property searches online gain momentum in places like Ahmedabad. Of course, I won't call Ahmedabad really a tier two city, but places like Chandigarh, Lucknow and uh, Coimbatore. If I look at uh, data on our platform, searches in tier two cities for homes has, or I would say growth in searches for tier two cities over the last couple of years has outstripped growth or demand for homes or online searches uh, for homes in tier one cities. So clearly we are seeing tier two cities across uh, the spectrum go up in demand. Now this could be attributed to two things. One is obviously there is increasing demand there for real estate, but also there is increased digital adoption for real estate in these cities, which is leading to a higher growth in online searches, which is the thing we get to see directly on our platform. And when you say growth, is this driven by a hybrid work culture or are these people, I mean, what exactly is this type of demand? It's not that these places have manufacturing bases or service bases. How How is this demand being correlated? I mean, you can understand for a Bombay NMR region or a Delhi NCR region, you have surrounding service industries, some manufacturing, but what about these places? I think, uh, you know, when when there is sort of overall uh, GDP growth and there is growth, uh, you know, across both manufacturing and services, there is a wealth effect which prompts people to buy homes, even in their home ta- towns where they've come from. They might be living in cities, but they also uh, want to invest back uh, into their hometowns and have a better better quality of living uh, where they've come from, even provide better quality of living for the families who stayed back in the hometowns. So I think that is what uh, drives that up. A lot of people, as you correctly pointed out, during COVID, went back to their hometowns, spent a couple of years there and realized that, yes, uh, it is important to have this flexibility and have this sort of uh, insurance that if something like this were to happen again, they have nice homes to come back to in their hometowns. So I think it's been driven not necessarily by 
growth happening alone in these cities, uh, but also by the fact that people who are in bigger cities uh, want to purchase homes in their hometowns where they've, where they've come from. Question then is on price rise. You said that we saw 43% growth in the 12 odd listed developers, but it has also been noted that there have been significant price rises in homes uh, across some of these developers. Some of them are hiking it by 2 to 3% every quarter. Year on year, it's around 10% in some cases. So, do you think that there is more price stability required for the demand to pick up, or you think that these are the prices at which uh, demand should pick up now? Demand is very strong, Abhishek. I don't think, uh, I would put it the other way. I would say despite price hikes, demand Mm -hmm. has been very robust and is expected to stay uh, very strong. So, for example, if you look at the top eight cities collectively, uh, you know, we've seen a 6% year-on-year price hike with cities like Gurgaon, which have seen uh, a 12% year-on-year price hike. And uh, the other cities sort of, you know, have witnessed price hikes around the 6% uh, number, give or take a few percent here or there. Uh, So basically, price rise has been strong, fight that demand has remained robust. A, for two reasons. One, because uh, there has been this pent-up demand. People who have, uh, who wanted to buy homes and did not buy it during COVID will buy it willy-nilly. The fact that prices have also been going up also creates this sense of fear of missing out in case prices were to go up even further. So people are going out and buying. Again, uh, there has been stability in the interest rate regime. Despite uh, interest rates being hiked up in the last uh, one and a half years, the last three policy uh, reviews, RBI has kept the rates flat. That also gives confidence Mm -hmm. that uh, if home loan rates remain stable, you know, people can go out and take the mortgage to buy the homes. So I think it's a, a lot of it is driven by uh, strong consumer confidence. The other thing is, if you see what's happening in India compared to the rest of the globe, uh, we are in a remarkably strong position, both from a growth perspective and even our stock markets have performed much better than other markets globally. People have made money in the stock markets, which again gives uh, people more confidence, conviction about the future. And they have channelized some of that money in purchasing real estate which is again a big reason for why, despite price hikes, demand has remained robust. Another quick question on price rise. Are prices expected to go up further? You're already saying it's up 6 to 8% depending on market, micro market, maybe higher. But uh, for the rest of the year, let's say six months or three months, however way you want to take it, is there possibility of price hike? Look, price hikes, it is is always possible that price hikes could happen. And that sort of expectation of a price hike is also what's pushing people, as I said, into buying homes now because they don't want to uh, they don't want to miss out. But I think, given what we've seen in terms of price hikes over the last couple of years, I think we should, we would not witness prices going up that significantly as we have seen in the last couple of years. And look, frankly, you know, my my view on this, Abhishek, is that uh, at the end of the day, you know, price is a factor which always balances uh, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. We've seen in the last you know, one year, new launches from branded developers have been highly successful. Uh, and properties right. have been sold within a few days of those launching, launches happening. With that kind of demand robustness, I think developers will be inclined to raise prices, where you ultimately get to a point where things settle down and uh, the frenzy in the market starts starts to sort of uh, subside uh, and things get more balanced. 
So it is really a situation where uh, the market itself will find its equilibrium with developers taking prices up to a level where demand doesn't start to hurt too much. So given uh, what the, de- the demand levels are, I would say prices would remain uh, remain where they are or modestly go up till I think there is some cooling off uh, in demand. But but clearly one thing is that we're not expecting prices to go down anytime soon. Uh, since we're also talking about demand, an obvious question that comes to my mind is what exactly is the category that is driving demand? And I mean, there are multiple reports which say that affordable, quote-unquote, I'm going by the word affordable here. I'm not going by the definition of affordable. is not exactly the flavor of the season, but it's luxury, which going upgrades, which are going. If you could give us some idea on what the trends you see, in, in, in particularly in terms of demand drivers. Look, when, when uh, I would say pre-COVID, we, we always saw affordable as sort of... Uh, the strongest segment, uh, and uh, when I say affordable, I would say in the, in the, in the category of about uh, you know forty to forty five lakhs uh, below that, almost making up uh, close to half uh, of uh, the market in terms of home sales. Uh, the baseline for affordable housing, I think, is always strong in India, just given the size of the population and general uh, sort of you know growth in. Uh, Wages, uh, people becoming, you know, more uh, or rather wage levels going up. Prices, in the, I think, last four or five years had remained fairly stable. I'm not talking about the last two years, uh, but the period prior to COVID, the four or five years prior to COVID, prices had been very stable. Wage, wage levels had gone up. So I think demand demand was strong in, in that uh, category. Uh, I think just given the sheer volumes and numbers, that will always remain a significant part of uh, of demand for homes but where we've seen a big sort of change in the last few years since covid uh, has been the segment with the price tag of over rupees 1 crore this mm-hmm. used to uh, account for about 15 16% of overall uh, home sales prior to the pandemic in 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 around 2019 but that has now become almost a quarter of the market uh, if you look at the market today. So that's seen a significant jump uh, in terms of the sort of share of uh, overall uh, overall housing housing sales. Obviously, as expected, you know, Mumbai dominates that uh, segment with almost, uh, you know, half of the plus one crore sales coming out of Mumbai. But again, uh, cities like Pune and Hyderabad have also shown uh, substantial growth uh, in uh, in this segment. Uh, and, you know, just given the price hikes which have taken place across the country, as I mentioned to you over the last couple of years, um, there will be other markets as well where you'll see more and more developers going in and launching uh, projects in this segment. I think to the, to the question you were alluding to, or the point you were alluding to earlier, demand in the luxury segment has seen the most significant jump over the last... If I go by the price tag of one crore currently and plus one crore and above, price tag and going by the corresponding purchasing power uh, average earnings of an individual which is around i think dollar 2400 in case of india isn't this a little too high a price tag in the indian market you know part of the reason why we had seen a down down cycle in residential real estate around 2013 and 14 if you, if you recall abhishek one was of mm-hmm. course you know the complete uh, disappearing of consumer confidence in the market 
because of many fly by night developers who came in launch right. projects and and never really delivered on their promises of completing but also also because of you know demand supply mismatch right uh, developers were launching uh, properties at a price tag tag which was just simply not affordable by the people so you had lots and lots of inventory in in price segments where there was just no affordability or ability for people to pay now over the last several years as you've seen driven by the tech boom in india the startup boom overall gdp growth which has far outstripped gdp growth across the globe wage levels have gone up and you know if you see hdfc uh, publishes a very nice chart their uh, annual report uh, every year which talks about real estate affordability and that's really a function of wage levels going up how home loan price or how uh, you know home prices have tracked and and again how, where uh, interest rates are and then we come out with an affordability index uh, and frankly that affordability index is at an all time high right now so homes have become more affordable mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why you know uh, many cities like gurgaon for example you find it very very hard in sort of the uh, more sort of central parts of gurgaon uh, i would not talk about the more emerging parts but the more sort of developed parts of gurgaon it is almost impossible to find a property of uh, less than 1 crore you know as i said that when when a situation like this happens uh, where there is a lot of consumer confidence in the market prices start to go up people because of the fear of missing out start buying homes it's also a time when you start seeing investors come into the market what interesting trend we saw post you know 2013 was that investors disappeared from the market because they could no longer speculate because uh, prices were not going up prices were going down projects were not getting completed so they disappeared from the market when demand started to come back end users who actually priced out of the market started to come back uh, and now with sort of prices again going up pretty much year on year for the last couple of years and with expectations of further price rise investors have also come uh, come into the market so you would see some of this demand also being driven up by investors who clearly have the money available to invest in uh, properties uh, of more than 1 crore so i think it's a bit of end user demand because of rising wage levels and better affordability but also investors jumping into the market i can't help but ask this question to be very specific uh, specifically uh, so when i look at the price uh, housing price rise do you see a corresponding rise in home rental or for people living on rent is is there a corresponding rise or is it higher how is that playing out no so look uh, i mean rental yields in india have uh, for uh, residential rental yields in india have always hovered around you know the 3% uh, mark and uh, which is which is actually very low just given the cost of borrowing but it's been one of those quirks of the market which we've seen because of a big rise in capital prices you know which we saw between you know 2004 and 2015 so rental yields i would say have stayed around the same number they haven't significantly gone up uh but what i would say is that before we saw this sort of uh, hike in home prices we saw rentals going up and then they were followed by capital prices so the yields have stayed the same basically you no know, uh, rental prices have also tracked home prices or vice versa they've gone and gone up in tandem keeping the yields uh, where they are i wouldn't say that yields have jumped up significantly you know and again you know i don't have the full data on that they may have gone up marginally but they definitely have not gone down which means that rental have kept 
pace with uh, home prices. Final question uh, on this discussion that we are having is considering the global economic scenario, primarily the slowdown concerns, do you think a long-term impact of that could be seen on home sales because sometimes commercial property, it reflects directly on commercial sales. But then again, we all know commercial and residential are linked to India. Uh, linked in India in some way because of the, obviously the demand factors and US investments into Indian services sector. Do you see some concern there or you think we are out of that segment with Indian companies investing? So look, uh, you know, country like uh, India, uh, you know, needs foreign capital as well to support its growth. It's not just domestic capital. I would say that, you know, where India is globally amongst uh, other countries, I think we hold the most promise. We've seen the most uh, resilience in terms of GDP growth. And frankly, uh, amongst, you know, countries of uh, our size, when I say GDP size, the highest growth rate, uh, even higher than China. Uh, and again, with uh, issues uh, in China, the world is diversifying away from China, maybe not leaving China necessarily, but at least adding on another place uh, where they would like to uh, invest in manufacturing, uh, in building uh, bases for uh, software development, research, whatever that might be. They, they want uh, India as an alternative to China. So you will see capital flows happening into India, which will drive up the economy overall, which will be good for real estate. We're also seeing increasing money coming directly into real estate as well from uh, from abroad. So I think in that sense, uh, what's happening globally with regard to China and, and geopolitical instability elsewhere, I think India today uh, is, is seen as a great place or a much safer place for foreign capital to come in. Now, of course, as we know, there's a lot of geopolitical instability across the globe. And, you know, we are seeing that with more sort of recent development in, in the Middle East. I think that could potentially lead to investors sort of holding back uh, and and slowing down investments globally. Because during periods of uncertainty, capital flows tend to slow down or cross-border flows tend to slow down. That could impact us. Uh, going Oil prices going up could also impact uh, us in terms of inflation going up, which might sort of compel RBI to raise rates, which they've so far kept flat for the last uh, several months. Uh, so I think these are some of the factors which could uh, impair growth going forward. But otherwise, uh, I see that uh, you know India is actually a favored country in terms of global capital flows. And that should help uh, the economy overall, as well as our sector in uh, in particular. Thank you. Thank you once again for clearing out queries we had and running us through the trend. Thank for, you for having me on the podcast. Uh, appreciate it very much. Nice talking to you. Same here, sir. Same here.